nobody brings Philadelphia fans closer together like the Green Legion. From tailgates in South Philly to invading enemy territory, this group is home to the true Philadelphia sports fan. Now, their party hits the airwaves. Quimby, Michael Diaz, Chris Sachs, Slash, Super Sam, and legendary wide receiver Irving Fryer always keep the conversation going. So crack a beer, take a shot, and join the virtual tailgate now on Green Legion Radio. Welcome to the Green Legion Radio Player Show brought to you by Live Casino. We're down here at Live Casino, and that was extremely loud. Yeah, I forgot uh, that you're Diaz. That is that is right. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Slash. Uh, we're going to start Sorry. the show off by just saying this. This is our last player show of the regular season here. We'll, we'll talk about playoffs another time. Back by popular demand, the best shows are always the ones... That I, Michael Diaz, host. So Nobody we'll, said we'll that. Fi- that is yet to be determined tonight. No one said that. Everyone's excited. We're going to have a good time. And everyone's going to have enough time to uh, elaborate on their points without getting cut off. All right, that's, wrap it up, dude. That's the key here. So, <laughs> everyone, make sure you download the iHeartRadio app, subscribe to Fox Sports The Gambler, and listen in every week throughout the season. If you're listening on the replay on the iHeartRadio app or Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcast, please make sure... You subscribe, rate, and review. And if you can, leave a review. Five stars only. Tell, hey, you could say Sam is, I just can't stand her. But uh, as long as there's five stars, that's all good. Well, they could say shut up, Diaz. Yes. The, the show is brought to you <laughs> by our good friends at Bud Light, Bud Light Seltzer, and Michelob Ultra, Stateside Vodka, and Stateside Bourbon. Diaz. Yes. Glug, glug. The Dave, Bazoo- <laughs> the Dave Bavuso State Farm. Team, Greater Philadelphia Health Action, Bucks County Baseball Company for the best in Philly sports, authentic vintage gear and collectibles, Premier Window Cleaning, WeHateDirtyWindows.com, The Ludlum Bar and Grill in Seattle City. I don't know if you've seen our friends Amy and Chris of The Ludlum are on a journey to Antarctica right now. Pretty interesting. Of course, the lovely ladies at Cheerleaders. And Jeff Quinn and his team at Echelon Health and Fitness right across the bridge. So we got a lot to talk to you about. Before we do, obviously, you know, Everyone's thinking of the Demar uh, Hamlin uh, situation. We're we're going to touch on that in the second hour. Of course, our thoughts, prayers. Uh, you know, we're we're getting positive news as of today um, compared to last night. So we've got a great guest here. We're really interested in, in getting into that with uh, with Josh. So we're going to hold off on that till later. So here's the panel. What do we got here? We've got, of course, without a microphone, intern Lauren. What's up, Lauren? Yeah. Hey. Hey. Uh, salesman hey. slash 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 the gobbler. Kyle Nonamaker, how you doing? What is up? I'm, you know, trying to get the ringing in my ears to dissipate after that opening line for me, but I'll recover. Gummies. Yes. This, take gummy. Microdose. Yeah, microdose. This is my normal tone. It should be adjusted. I, 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 well, I know. I, should, uh, I don't know. You came in with a loud bang. Uh, SSS Super Sam Brady. You add an S every week. <laughs> Homewrecker. <laughs> yeah, we could add it. We could add more than S's on, on your name. Uh, your host of the Eagles Insider Podcast, bringing Eagles fans inside the Novacare Complex. Eagles Insider, Dave Spadaro. What's up, Dave? Hi, guys. It's glad to be here. Day. It's good to have you. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to everyone. Le- uh, Eagles. It, it will be a happy New Year for the Philadelphia Eagles. Trust me. Okay. Well, it wasn't on, on Sunday, but it's okay. Yeah, you got well, a lot, you got a lot of explaining to do. We'll get that in the no second problem. hour. Yeah. <laughs> Eagles legendary wide receiver and host of the Friar Place, available every Friday at noon on YouTube. The Doctor Reverend Irving Friar. Happy New Year, everybody! Ooh, ooh, ooh. Listen, 2023 is all about me. 
It, well, no, your your record's about to go down. That's okay. Okay. It's oh, he, safe to have an extra game as I, well. That, that's so, very so true. I, so I don't, even, I don't even see it that way. Asterix. I don't even see it that way right, because it, it, they didn't do it in 16 games. They do it in 17 games. That's okay. Do you want the record to stay? No, records are meant to be broken. I don't care. I'm there. I'm considered. My name was there. 88 catches in a year. Yeah. Two. Wide receiver. Two. 86 and 82. 86 and 82. Yep. And I did mine when I was 34 years old. In 1996 with uh, Bubby Brister or whoever it was. <laughs> Ty Detmer and Rodney Pete. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing. Not a Pro Bowl caliber uh, quarterback for sure. Lastly, but definitely not leastly, finally, our Eagles player guest of the evening, offensive lineman Josh Still. What is up, Josh? In the house. I appreciate you guys having me. It's I'm looking forward to it. I'm glad we're getting Josh before he, he... We'll talk about it in the next hour, but I'm glad we're getting him now before he becomes a big star. Uh, he's already yeah. a big star. He's uh, a big guy. I don't know about Not a big star yet. Before we're not good we'll enough for him, you know. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Why, why does that happen when guys uh, blow up a little bit? Because they make a lot more money and they don't want to go out? They don't. Well, they don't want to. Did you do it? I think they don't want to. No, I didn't do that. I always went out and got I got invitations. I tried to do as many as I could. You know, guys blow up and they start big-timing people, want, yeah, not but, wanting to dwell with the uh, the bottom dwellers. But I also think social media has something to do with it, too. Like, you can't do anything as a player without somebody pointing a camera in your face. Intern Lauren doing her job. That's (laughs) that's the time in which we live. But that's also, you get that when you sign up for it and you know that going into it. That's right. The boomers are talking over here. (laughs) Social media ruins everything. No, it doesn't ruin it. It just makes players more aware that they are in the in the spotlight and, and that their actions are very, very public. It's good and bad. They, they can promote their brands and everything. I agree. I think it's great. Speaking of promoting brands, Josh, I, I, I wanted to have a good first impression here. Mm-hmm. You see my... Oh, yeah, I love it. Absolutely love He's it. got the Stoutland University t-shirt on. Well you know, done, I, Diaz. Way to know your audience. That's right. I almost wore mine. Oh, my God, that would be great. You know what else we would have had in common? <laughs> uh, the two of us and Irv, only Division One athletes oh here God. on the panel. Oh, my God. That's right. I got oh my, my goodness. Drexel Soccer, 1996. Soccer. The joke that never dies. He's yeah. a soccer player. Uh, 1996. Uh, yeah. Speaking of he was 19- a dragon. <laughs> speaking of 1996, Josh Stills was born January 26, 1998. Uh, uh, it speaks how old we are over here, age 24 here. We're going to go a little here, uh, get some background on you, and then we got some great questions because... Uh, the bio that we have, uh, a lot of interesting things in, in your football career and yeah. also your personal career. So we'll, we'll get into that. I'm looking forward to it. 6'6", 325 pounds. That's a big guy. Uh, to me, it feels normal because I've been big my entire life. But I guess to everyone else, that's not normal. How much were you born? Uh, did you weigh when you were born? Do you have any idea? Uh, that I'm not sure of, but I want to say 9 or over 9 pounds. Yeah. Big guy. I, I got a question for you while we're on this here too, because you see one of one of jumping ahead in the run sheet. We can do that when yes, you, we can. Yeah, yeah you can. can. Go right ahead. What, being from Ohio, one of your you know, favorite uh, players, Joe Thomas, mm-hmm. and you see, you know, Hall of Famer. He's good, great, great uh, offensive lineman. But you see his playing weight, and now you see him without that. Uh, you've always, I'm sure you've always been a big guy and everything like that. You're playing, but how much? Of the added weight you need to keep on to be effective as a player in college and in the NFL. I mean, how do you how do you do that? Keep it on, keep keep it off. Yeah, you know, um, it's tough sometimes. You know, sometimes where you're a little bit underweight, 
um, of maybe not where you want to be to where you have to force yourself to eat a little bit extra so you can make weight. Um, then there's also those other times where, you know, you might be a little heavy to where, you know, you got, have to watch what you eat for a day or two. Um, but as far as after football, keeping the weight off, I think that's very important for our bodies. Um, I don't believe necessarily our bodies and joints are meant to carry this much weight. Um, so I think the more you can lose after football, the better off you'll be in the long run as far as how your body feels and how long you're able to keep up with what you're doing and being active is, you know, working out, going on hikes, running, those kinds of things of keeping the bad weight off or, you know, sort of say you trim the fat in a way. Josh, when you were a high school player in Ohio, um, also handling the, I guess, the kicking duties, which is weird because... <laughs> Cam Jurgens did the same thing. I don't know what's going on with offensive linemen who kick and punt. Did you feel like you had a chance to to be a an NFL player at that time? Um, you know, at that time, I really wasn't sure. Um, and the reason I say that is I didn't receive my first Division One offer until the summer going into my senior year. Um, so I was kind of a late developer, as you could say, of what some guys would say. Um, you know, my parents were always very good of not pushing the issue of playing college football. It was, if this is what you want to do, we'll do it. And, you know, we'll take you places to get you in front of people. But at the end of the day, you know, the work is on me. And if, ultimately, if I don't put in the effort, I don't get that. Um, and it was always just... You know, outside of, you know, my small town. I'm from a super small town. Nobody comes to small town Ohio looking for Division One athletes. Uh, the town I'm from, I think the last time they took a population count, it was like 100, 200 maybe. <laughs> Any traffic lights in Byesville? Uh, there's not a... I'm actually from Sarahsville. So Byesville is where I went to school. Uh, one way to school, I usually drive about 25, 30 minutes. Oh, wow. Um, and the school I actually transferred from was about three and a half miles from my house. Um, there's no stoplights. Uh, there's a handful of stop signs, and there's a little mom-and-pop gas station with one gas one gas pump, one diesel pump, and it has the old-school pumps of you have to flip the lever up, oh my right, and you have to give it a solid 30 seconds or yes, a minute sir. before the numbers <laughs> reset to zero. Or otherwise, and it's the, uh, the analog yep. little flip yep. things? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. and you go in and... You know, they have a little bit of anything and everything you could want as far as groceries. And outside of that, the closest Walmart to my house is about 40, 45 minutes. Do they have a rotary phone there as well? Uh, I'm sure they do, but I don't know if I've ever seen it. <laughs> what did you do for fun in high school, Josh? Did you, uh, like, seriously, like, kids like to go out and have a good time. What did you do? Uh, I was always, when I, even, you know, when I was younger, I was always very family-oriented with my parents or my great-grandparents. And the big thing for me that I was grown up, grown up on and raised up on is outdoors. I was always told as a kid, you know, you have a dog and there's 50 acres. Go find something to do. Go play outside. Go build a treehouse. Go mess around in the overflow. We have a natural spring that we use for water. Sounds uh, like kids these days. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we had, we, had, we had about a two-acre pond. So if I wanted to, nice. I'd just take my dog to the pond and go swim for an hour or so. And I didn't have a cell phone until I was a junior in high school, I believe. Or go artificially inseminate a cow. Oh, Dave, you're jumping ahead. Oh, I'm, I'm just teasing it. I'm just teasing it. Of course ask, we're going to talk about that at length. At length. I want to ask you, Josh, you know, <laughs> obviously you were one of the better players in high school since we're talking about high school. But can we talk about, you're a big guy. Yeah. Do 
big guys, do linemen take pride in being athletes? You were doing, you, know, oh, you yeah. want to be considered an athlete. You know, oh, we, oh, yeah. wide receivers, defensive back, quarterbacks, running backs. We take pride in how athletic we are, but people don't understand that the big guys, the linemen, they're athletes as well. Did oh, you, did oh, you yeah. take pride yeah. in that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's something that, you know, we had to fight for because a lot of people don't look at us as athletes. They look at it as, oh, you're just big and slow and you just stand in front of somebody and they can't get around you because of how big you are. But in reality, you know... I'll go ahead and say seven out of ten times an offensive lineman is one of the most athletic guys on the team. For, I agree with for, that. For example, look at the blocks that Jason Kelsey makes. Right. Give me somebody else that can make those blocks and position his body on a linebacker that's, you know, 40, 50, you know, sometimes, you know, even more pounds than that, lighter than him and is arguably faster than what he is. I think, I think, I think offensive linemen are super athletic, and I think they're the smartest guys on the field. Maybe not quite as smart as the quarterback because the quarterback's got so much more going on. Mm-hmm. But I would argue that offensive linemen, football IQ, and just I've always found that f- offensive linemen in the history of the Philadelphia Eagles have always been the best interviews. They're really just very talkative and really smart guys, and and they they spend so much time studying film that they just they have, they have a natural intelligence. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. I agree with that. In my conversations with offensive linemen in my career, they were some of the most interesting, most fulfilling conversations because they're so intellectual uh, and they're well-rounded. They they can go in any direction and talk from any aspect of life. The, 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 the first time I was blessed enough to watch an NFL game, you know, from field level or close to right there, the, the, you know, and everyone talks about the speed of the game and the adjustment. It's the... The line play, how much, how much faster it you, it doesn't look that fast on TV compared to when you're standing right next to them. But these guys are all, oh, beat me, 40 yards, 100 yards, I don't know, a mile long. I got a question for you though, Josh. You said you didn't get your first Division One offer until the summer going into your senior year. Yes. Was that just because of you know your circumstances of where you live? Did you have a growth spurt? I mean, what what um, if you could pinpoint why that was? So I think the biggest thing. For that reason was I went actually went to an offense defensive lineman only camp in Wixon, Michigan, and I met up a guy by the name of Dave Burke who is from Dayton, Ohio, and he had actually looked at my highlight film, came, grabbed me out of the camp, and he said, "Hey, you know where where are you from? Why have I never heard about you?" And I started explaining it to him, and you know showed him a highlight tape, and he looked at me and he's like, "Dude, you got to delete that." And I'm like, what are you talking about? It's my highlight tape. I'm like, those are some some of my best plays. And he's like, no. He's like, it's literally a big kid playing against kids that weigh 200 pounds less than him. He's like, people don't want to see that. They don't care to watch you play against a kid who's 5'9 or 5'8. And I was like, I, I, I honestly was taken back. I was, I, I honestly took it as offensive. I'm like, why are you telling me to delete my, my highlight film? Right, like, those, yeah. those are my best plays. Right. And once he explained it to myself and my parents, I was like, oh, okay, this makes sense. I get this. So that was, so I deleted my highlight film. And then, of course, you know, he had taken videos of me during that camp and had put them out there. And then that was kind of how I got introduced to college football and recruiting. But I didn't play against anyone in my four years of high school outside of all-star games that went to Division One. You know, most of the guys where I'm from, they go to a small Division Two school or a Division Three, a very 
prominent school that a lot of guys in my area go to is Mount Union. Oh, right. Right it's on. where Coach Sirianni went. That's right. Um, and they are very, very well known for where I'm at and one of the powerhouses in Division Three, and are a very good football team. Um, but as far as Division One, I, I didn't I didn't play against the competition good enough to stand out for somebody to say, hey, you know, look what this kid did against you know so and so who has 15 Division One offers. So say that didn't happen. Say you did not go to college to play ball. What do you think you would have been doing? Um, that is a great question. I <laughs> honestly don't know if I would have went to college um, around that time. Oil and gas was very big and starting to take off where I was from as far as pipelines and uh, fracking um, and those kinds of things. Um, so I honestly can't tell you what I'd be doing right now if I didn't go to that camp to get that exposure. Um, but I definitely would not be where I'm at today, that's for sure. D- did we mention that he might be artificial? Oh, we won't yeah. talk about that. We'll get that. <laughs> we'll get that I, I thought maybe he would go there with that, that question. Yeah. We will agriculture, get, agriculture, agriculture, agriculture. 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 Yeah. <laughs> but I don't want to move off of the, the kicking just, just at the end of the segment here because... You set the single season and career records for extra points at your high school, and you kicked straight on with a square-toed shoe. I did, yes. They still make those square-toed shoes? <laughs> well, back then they did. I don't know if they still do. Back yes. then? This was seven back years then. ago. So you sound like that was a long time ago. Back in well, my day. It, it, it feels like a long time for me. But in, in reality, it's not. But, yeah, I actually did... Uh, Kicked with square toed shoe. My dad was a kicker in high school, so he, he kind of taught me he was a straight on kicker. I did kickoffs, uh, extra wow. points, field goals, and I punted. Um, and I did have the uh, single season record for most extra points in a career, most in a season. Um, I believe there was one of those, there was a young man at that high school that broke that this year that I was super happy for him, you know, and like you said, records are meant to be broken. Mm-hmm. So I was extremely happy to see him get that. Uh, before I broke it, the records had stood for like 20 years. Um, but anytime we get inside, you know, the 10-yard line or get to the 5-yard line, where I'm like, okay, you know, we're, we're going to score here. I would untie my right shoe, and I would play that play with an untied right shoe. I would. The officials would let me run to the numbers, so I'd get about halfway to the numbers, kick, take my right shoe off, and I would throw it to the sideline. And we had a specific um, boy who was in, I believe he was in junior high, and all he did was he carried my kicking shoe with him up and, <laughs> up, up and down the sideline. Um, was that like 200K a year he got? For this? <laughs> Find uh, me, find maybe, me. Maybe $2. Yeah. Uh, but, no, so, I, you know, I'd get, get my shoe off. Uh, and, of course, he'd throw my kicking shoe out to me. I'd tie it, put it on. And usually the officials were gracious enough to give me until I got my shoe tied. And, of course, I'd have to take my offensive lineman gloves off and uh, run back out there. And I one-stepped everything. Okay. And, you know, I'd tie my shoe, run out there, and then, you know, get set, you know, take my one step. I'd look at the holder, give him the head nod, uh-huh. snap it, head down one step through the place. I, I, I'm just imagining this here. I don't know how big you were back then, but you said, you know, everyone else was five six five nine. So you got this big mauler on the end there, just like, you know, everyone's running right behind him. Then you get the, you know, everyone runs and you get a touchdown. Then it's the biggest guy in three counties standing back there, kicking the extra point, or... Hey, listen, I, it, it's amazing that you, you did it, but I just can't imagine seeing you punt. Just uh, the physical, just viewing this gigantic guy punting, and that, that was the best option. Yeah, no, what was it, your punt average, you know? Uh, I want to say it was like 41 <laughs> in high school. Like wow. 41.9 or 40, 40.9, somewhere around in there. Um, 
Yeah, you know, I loved it. It was great. Um, I got a lot of funny comments from the officials. Uh, usually for kickoff, the official, when he'd hand me the ball, he'd kind of look down and he'd look up. And he'd don't say, hurt the ball? Yeah, pretty yeah, much. Don't yeah. hurt the ball. <laughs> I, had, I actually had one guy, he's like, hey, uh, did you guys bring any extra balls? <laughs> we, were, we were at an away game, and I kind of like, I just gave him this like puzzled, weird look. I'm like, you know, what are you talking about? And he's like, uh, if you split that ball in half, do you have another one to use for the rest of the game? And I was like, I was like, yes, sir. I was like, we have. I said, I think we actually brought brought plenty. I'm sure those five nine, hundred eighty five pound wedge blockers were psyched to see you come <laughs> barreling down the field, trying to tackle the guy returning the kickoff. Oh, I'm sure. Um, I don't necessarily know. I'm, I think I had somewhere around 20 touchbacks. I, had, I, I you, it was nine out of ten times. It was guaranteed. Jeez, you know, I was, I was kicking the ball zone. out of the end zone. Did, did you have posters and, of Lou Groza in your? In, do you know who Lou, Gro, Lou Groza is? Yeah, absolutely. Did you have posters of Lou Groza in your ba- in your bedroom when you were a kid? You know, I'd like to say I did, but I can't. Do okay, that. I didn't. Know. Would, would you, you like to say that? I'm just glad that you. <laughs> would you I'm glad that you know who Lou Groza is, Josh. Yeah, ab- absolutely. A legend. The, the, you, got, you know who he is, right? Square, square toe. Yeah. Yep. Well, on this uh, our second segment here with Josh, we're going to talk about his college career and th- and the topic that Dave is super excited yes. to get to. But before we do, we're at Live Casino in Hotel Philadelphia, voted best casino in Pennsylvania. Game days at Live make Live Casino in Hotel Philadelphia your game day destination. Whether home or away games, head to Center Bar, Sports and Social to watch the game, enjoy food and drink specials. Giveaways, contests, and more. Ron Jaworski's $100,000 football challenge. Make your picks against Ron each week for your chance to win a share of $100,000 in prizes and Jaws tickets to the big game. At FanDuel Sportsbook, you can also win tickets to the big game. Place a single wager of $25 or more on any big game futures bet with minimum odds of plus 300 at the FanDuel Sportsbook for your chance to win two tickets to the big game. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call Wendy and Gambler. Visit livecasinophilly.com for details. We'll be right back on the Green Legion Radio Players Show with our guest, Josh Sills. We are back on the Green Legion Radio Player Show from Live Casino and Hotel Philadelphia. We're talking with our special Eagles player guest, Josh Sills. And listen, we're, we're, we're trying to butter you up. We looked at the bio. You know, you're full full Def Leppard. Now, we have on the show, we have, a little, <laughs> we have a little inside joke here about Def Leppard where uh, our, our previous host, the, the, the sub-level host, I would always play the song Photograph over and over and over, and I couldn't stand it. But now I hear Photograph everywhere at the supermarket, at the mall, you know, games and everything. So um, we like Def Leppard, too. So I, I know that's my, my, my dad is a huge 80s guy, so the only thing that we listened to when I was a child, it was His Way or No Way and Sirius XM, Channel 39, Hair Nation. That yes. is the way to go. Mine too. And if it wasn't that, then it was complete silence and you stared out the windows looking at trees. <laughs> That's the way it should be. Personally, I prefer a little Motown. I, lo- I love Motown too. Jansen. Josh is, uh, you know, I wore, I wore the, uh, I wore the Stoutland University shirt here and you're just making me feel old when you were a kid, you listened to Sirius XM channel. I like, yeah, Sirius XM didn't, didn't exist, yeah, yeah, when, didn't we exist when we were young. Yeah, but you are old, Diaz. Diaz is I'm not young, old. Dave, I'm younger than you. I don't believe it. I know, Dave, but just kidding, hold on, buddy. XM, None of us are old. Sirius XM I'm didn't old. exist when I was young. I'm older than all of you. 
So just chill. Hey, yeah. How old are you? I'm 60 years old. Oh, you're, you're joking. 60? You're a beautiful man. You're a beautiful man. You don't look at that. Okay, I'll take 30. that the right way. Thank you, sir. He can, you're very welcome. He can still make those plays. Let's get back to Josh here because <laughs> now we're in the interesting stuff of not saying the previous was not. But we want to talk about this college career because uh, you actually played at two Big 12 schools. First, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you first you started at, at West Virginia from 2016 to 2019. Uh, and was West Virginia, was that the, the first school that gave you an offer? Who, who gave you offers? Um, so I, I had quite a bit. Uh, off the top of my head, I don't remember all, but I do remember I had most of the MAC schools, such as Miami, Ohio, Ohio University, Toledo, um, those kinds of schools. I had an offer from Michigan, um, West Virginia, um, Iowa State. Jeez. And maybe, maybe a couple others. Uh, I don't exactly remember all of them. That guy who made the video, you should be so thankful for what he for what he did. That's that's a great list of colleges. And, and, and just to kind of tell you the guy he is. So I had actually received an offer from West Virginia. I went to West Virginia for a camp with my parents. Uh, did a few drills. Uh, I looked at my parents after I got offered, and I was like, you know, I'm I'm committing today. I'm done. This is where I want to be. Uh, it was perfect. It was two hours from my house. You know, Morgantown sits in the middle of the mountains. You know, I, I walked outside. There was trees. There was grass. There was farmland. So I got a re- I got a really good feeling of you know the town. But you know, just the coaches, Coach Holgerson. You know, at the time, the offensive line coach, Coach Ron Crook. Uh, he was the one who recruited me the most. And then the defensive line coach, Coach Bruce Tall. And <clears throat> so I committed, and I had left, and I actually called. Uh, Dave Burke, who had, you know, was at that camp and had, had told me that about my highlight video. And I was like, hey, you know, Mr. Burke, I just want to tell you that I committed to West Virginia today. And he said, well, you know, I, I didn't want to tell you this before, but I was kind of inside hoping you would go there. Uh, his brother had actually played there at West Virginia, but he didn't tell me that until after I called and told him I had committed because he didn't want that to affect me and where I went. Right, so I wow. have a tremendous amount of respect for him because of that. You had attended a couple of camps beforehand, but, you know, you're, you're, and, and with the camps, I don't know how much is organized scrimmage or drills or, or whatever, but what was the step up? I mean, you were big enough to play and you had the talent to play, but uh, maybe with the not everyday competition, what was that adjustment period going from small town Ohio to, you know, a big, a big 12 major conference school? You know, it, it was big. I uh, won't lie to you. Uh, but, you know, the biggest adjustment for me was I didn't necessarily have a weight room program. Um, it was just kind of come in and whatever you feel like doing, you do it. Um, because we didn't necessarily have a specific strength coach like bigger schools in Ohio had. You just um, strapped the plow on your back, just start walking <laughs> up and down the fields, right? Well, you know, w- one of the big things that in my area that's really big is square bales during the summer. And I'm telling you, if you're out of shape and you go and you throw a couple thousand square bales in a day, it'll humble you really quick. <laughs> or especially if you think you're in shape and you go and do that, you will get humbled very quickly. Josh, what is it like to, to actually learn how to play offensive line? As a high school player, you're bigger, stronger, faster. College, there's a level of that too, but like you have to learn how to play the position. And for people who don't understand um, how we've, we've talked about the athletic part of it, talk about the technique part of it. And as you're in college, kind of actually learning how to use leverage, to use your hands, to use your feet, to use your eyes, all of that is so important. Yeah, you know, that was, I, I, I would say, outside of strength, that was my biggest obstacle that I had to learn. 
because, you know, like you said in high school, I was bigger than everybody. So I just, you know, I didn't have to worry about technique, fundamentals, or, you know, I just manhandled kids. And, you know, when I got to college, that wasn't the case. You know, you're just as big as everybody else there, or, you know, some cases a little smaller. Or, you know, those guys have been in a college weight program for multiple years, and they've developed their bodies, and they've become really good at their techniques. And so, you know, early on in my career, it was it was a struggle. I'm not going to lie to you. It was hard. That first year of college, I redshirted. Um, I went through the whole college weight program, you know, and it did a, it tremendously helped me with the strength staff at West Virginia. But as far as learning how to play offensive line, it was hard for me because I had to learn, you know, you got to play with low hips. You got to learn how to use your hips in a way that's going to help you gain momentum and gain leverage. You have to learn, you know, hand position, hand fighting, you know, low, you know, low man wins. Um, you know, you have to learn that if you get caught with your hands high, you have to replace them, or otherwise it turns very badly for you very fast. Um, and also, the other part of that was footwork. My footwork was terrible. I crossed over. I didn't step with my inside foot. You know, I just I did a lot of bad things because technique wasn't something I had to use in high school, and I got humbled very fast when I got to college of, you know, all of these things that I had to work on, but the thing for me was I made a plan, the steps of, you know, every day or for, you know, two weeks, this is all I was going to work on, and I just continually chiseled away at that, and I've gotten to where I'm at today, I'm very thankful, but learning to play offensive line was a, a very big struggle for me as far as Using, learning to use my hands, learning to use my hips, being under control, being in balance, but still being powerful and creating angles and that power to move people. What, what years did you uh, make your biggest jumps, your biggest increase? You know, you go in uh, as a senior from high school, you go into college, your freshman, sophomore year. For me, it was that year between my freshman and sophomore year, I gained 20 pounds. I, you know, I got faster, I got stronger, I got uh, more flexible. Where, where was it that you made your biggest increases? I, I think the year that I made the biggest increase that sticks out to me was at the end of my red trip freshman year, going into the year I wasn't supposed to play a ton. I knew I was going to get to play a little bit here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, but ended up coming out, I think I started six games at right guard and six games at left guard that year. But at the end of that year, I put on about 15 pounds, and that bumped me to about 330 to 335 on a good day. Did you um, get faster? I did, yes. Uh, I got I got faster. I got a lot stronger. I was able to create more power. Um, and then in 2018, I feel like I was just getting to kind of the beginning of becoming good um and then at the end of that at the end of 2018 going into 2019 i feel like i had really set myself up to have a good 2019 uh and i ended up tearing my labrum so i took a step back in 2019 uh played two games missed the rest of the season with that um, then I came back in 2020 with COVID. That was tough for me just because it was, you know, am I in Stillwater? I was going through the transition from Morgantown, you know, basically moving across the country uh, 14 hours from home after I was only, you know, an hour and 45 minutes. Um, I was there for, pro- I'd say, probably about two months. And then COVID kind of hit, and we had finished our second or third spring practice. And... You know, they were like, hey, 
go home and don't come back until we tell you. Uh, so it's kind of like, you know, back and forth being there. And I feel like at the end of 2020, going into 2021, I made the biggest jump in my career because there was no more, you know, bouncing around. I was solidified. I was staying in still water. <clears throat> you know, I was fully healthy off my shoulder surgery. And, you know, everything was set in stone. There was no more bouncing around of, are we going to play football? Are we not going to play football? Kind of type deal. Uh, we are going to get to Oklahoma State. We have our producer in, in, uh, in, <laughs> in studio that wants to get to that. But before we do, we're not going to skip over West Virginia here because we have mm-hmm. some questions about that. First off, you were named second team uh, all-conference as a sophomore. Mm-hmm. I mean, going from that, that, that's a redshirt freshman, freshman, sophomore, that's a big jump. Yeah. You know, that's a, that's a nice honor. But... Uh, I assume you you got your degree at West Virginia in agribusiness. Is that right? I did. I graduated there in three and a half years. And, that, and I'm sure that's the combination of you know supply, economics, and everything. Running a farm. Running yeah. A farm. Uh, yeah, pretty much, but on a bigger scale. This is what you want your offensive linemen to be: big dudes that grew up on farms throwing <laughs> bales of hay. <laughs> from from the Eagles by PhiladelphiaEagles.com bio, they do a great job. They do a great job with all the players, and and a lot of the guys that we have on here, they don't even know. How'd, how'd they get that? I don't even know here. But, uh, you know, from, from the Eagles bio, uh, Josh's first job was working with his agriculture teacher on his farm doing, you know, normal everyday farm stuff like planting corn, feeding cows, vaccinating cows, and artificially inseminating cows. Yeah. I, I, I will, I will normal say, things. B- before this starts and we get into this, <laughs> I have never actually artificially inseminated a cow. I've just kind of been walked through the steps. I know, okay. I know, I know how to do it, okay. but I've never done it because you have to take like classes and kind of get certified okay. to make it legit. Now, I'm sure there are some people out there that don't do that. Like underground insemination yeah. situations. But, I mean, you know... I get. I, I've, got, I've got the gist of it. <laughs> you put the right hand up that, and then you put the yeah, left so, hand. So I mean, pretty much the gist of it is right. So you want to take your dominant hand. You want to use your off-dominant hand. And you go in through the cow's anus, right? Yeah. So what you do is when when you take. This is good. Dion likes this way too this much. This is good. Hey, hey. Jansen, clip. So, go ahead, Josh. Go. So go. what? So what you do, right? And this is usually like you know. Back home when I did it for my internship, it was a three-person job. Uh, you had, you had the, the guy that was you know, artificially inseminating the cow. You had a guy that had a thermos full of water. Um, and I'm sure there will be people out there who tell me I'm doing this wrong, which is fine, but to each of their own. Um, if everyone's still listening to this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, I mean, then, I think more people just tuned in. Yeah. And then, you know, you have the third guy that usually holds the cow's tail so it's out of the way you know you're not getting smacked in the face or side of the body or however what about kicked (laughs) well so usually so how we did it was you know in most cases you have a head gate which is what you see of you know most forms have so you you run you run the cow through the head gate you lock its head and it can't at that time it can't you know move in a sense and you're protected on the sides but you know being behind it you're not really protected from being kicked but they do have leg bars you can put in so what you do right so we're going to start from the beginning right <laughs> so here so here, here here we go so you get a semen straw that's mm, we'll go for, for anywhere from four to eight inches you know nothing crazy and what you do is you keep that's a that, big range you keep that in, I thought you were going to say that was big yeah, we'll, okay, we'll you were go, hoping we'll, you was going to say that we'll, we'll, keep, it, keep we'll, it clean keep it clean we'll go, we'll go four to six okay. I'm on camp. but uh, so what you do right so 
the semen straws are kept in a nitrogen tank to keep them frozen. So you get this cow that, you know, is in heat, has been standing, which means they're in heat. And usually if they're standing at night, you want to breed them the next morning. Or if they're standing in the morning, you want to breed them at night. That's the, the ideal, you know, fertility, however you want to set it. So what you do is you take the semen straw out and you have uh, a thermos of water that has to be, it's like 98.7, 98.6 degrees. And what that does is you put the semen straw in the water. Well, that thaws it out and makes it active. When it's frozen, it lays dormant. So then you go out to the cow and you have your three-man operation. So you have one guy that's holding the thermos full of the semen straw. And then you have the other guy that holds the tail. So... The guy that's going to actually inseminate the cow, he takes his off-dominant hand and puts a glove on all the way up to your shoulder. And you literally take like a gallon jug of lube and you put a bunch of it on your arm to make it easier. So you take your off-dominant hand and when you slide your hand in the cow's anus, you can feel the whole reproductive tract. So you take your hand and your fingers and you put them on the bottom of the anus and you can feel the cervix, you can feel, you know, everything up through there, right? So you get a rod that's about a foot long. So then you take your dominant hand and you take the semen straw and you stick it in the end of that rod and you just snip the very tip of it so the semen's able to come out. So then you take that rod and you slide it into the cow's vaginal cavity well on your off hand it's still inside the cow's anus you can guide the rod into the cervix right shocker well there's three so when you it's it's kind of all scrunched together when you initially feel it so what you what you do is you kind of spread it out to make it more in a straight line wow so you can guide the rod through the cervix well one there's like three rings to the cervix so you want to you know get it in a straight enough line you want it it's got to have a little bit of firmness. You know, people where I'm from, they'll say it wants to, you want it to feel like a turkey neck. I'm sure there's probably a lot of people that's never felt a turkey neck. But, you know, I, I know what that feels like because I, I turkey hunt. So it's got a little bit of firmness, but there's still a little bit of, you know, movement, squishiness to it. And you guide that rod clear through the cervix. And at the end of that, that's where the, the fallopian tubes start. So once you get through the cervix with that rod, there's a push button on the back of the semen rod. And you just push that, and it lets the semen straw out. And then it naturally does its thing, goes through, finds the egg, and then it's artificially inseminated. That was excellent. That was an excellent. Can I take you to show and tell someday? Wow. Absolutely. I think I'm ready for the field now. Uh, we have, wait, wait. What's, what's the success rate? Because we had this conversation in the locker room last week. What is the success rate? Um, after the procedure? Uh, so I actually called my buddy was on the way over because I wasn't exactly for sure about that aspect or that end of it. Um, and I asked him, and he had bred 10 cows, and he caught 7 out of 10. So about, seven, about 70%. I would say that's probably a good number. Um, 70%. I'm sure there's a lot of people that disagree with that. I'm not for sure, so don't. Don't kill me over that. I worked in a grocery store in high school. Yeah, I worked. Yeah, I, I bagged, so did I. <laughs> I bagged groceries at Gennardi's. Yeah. You know, I worked at a tuxedo shop. I worked on the garbage truck. Yeah, right. Semen straw, aisle three. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have semen straws here? <laughs> uh, we're we're going to get to the third segment with Josh yeah. right after our break here. We want to talk about uh, his transition to Oklahoma segment. State and his, uh, his uh, journey to the NFL. But before we do... Echelon Health and Fitness, Echelon Health and Fitness, 
a place where friends, family, and neighbors support one another in their fitness goals, focused on providing quality facilities, innovative programs, and personalized service for each of our members. Small, family-owned business committed to Voorhees and their new location opening soon in Audubon, New Jersey, along with the people that live and work in the area. Personalized programs like Thrive Personal Training. It is a performance-driven fitness program that is designed to help any individual meet their goals. Echelon is the only place you will find this innovative program in South Jersey, a facility with everything you need, whether you plan on running, biking, lifting, swimming, or stretching your way to a healthier you. 36,000 square feet facility can help you get there. Check them out at echelonhf.com. That's Echelon Health and Fitness echelonhf.com. We'll be right back with Josh Stills talking about Oklahoma State right after this on the Green Legion Radio Player Show on Fox Sports Again. And then you want to write articles about guys that don't do things right and downgrade them, the ones that do make plays. Are you kidding me? Where are we at in society today? Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. I'm not, a, I'm not a kid. Write something about me. That's, that's one of my all-time favorites right there. We are back on the Green Legion Radio Players Show with our guest tonight, Josh Sills. Uh, our producer in studio, uh, John Jansen, has been waiting all night to play those clips for you, Josh. Josh, uh, we, we got through West Virginia and a riveting story of inseminating uh, cows in our last segment. Uh, our previous segment. This is our last segment with you. So we wanted to, after your career at West Virginia, you transferred o- over to Oklahoma State, uh, named a captain. Uh, talk, talk about the process of careers done at West Virginia. You got your degree. Uh, what, 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 did, what transpired to make you go to Oklahoma State? Was it I want to do my uh, continue my career somewhere else? Um, Oklahoma State was after you. I mean, just talk about that. Um, you know, I, w- I won't go into details. Uh, you know, the people close to me know what happened. Um, I, w- I wasn't okay with how things happened at West Virginia when, uh, you know, I've been told uh, I needed shoulder surgery. Um, but Got it. We, uh, it was yeah. kind of get through the year and we'll see what happens. And, you know, I, d- I didn't feel as if I was playing the best I could possibly play. And I felt my shoulder was hindering me in that, so I chose to have surgery. Um, and ultimately, I chose to get my degree in grad transfer. Um, as far as going to Oklahoma State, I had never been across the Mississippi but maybe once or twice, and that was for football games. Um, I was sitting on my couch one night, and I got a phone call from one of my old offensive linemen who was retired at the time. Um, and I have a lot of respect for him. His name's Coach Joe Wickline. And he said, hey, um, would you have any interest in going to Oklahoma State? And, you know, my family and I had talked that we were not going to tell the school no, and it didn't matter where it was. Um, my mom and dad didn't care how far to travel to football games. It was wherever I wanted to go and wherever I wanted to be. And uh, so I got in contact with them through that way, and I talked to the strength coach first, Coach Rock Glass, tremendous guy. Um, and he will, you know, I talked to him, you know, to this day, and I have, you know, a great, great amount of respect for him. He helped me in a lot of ways. And he was like, you know, Coach Gundy would like to talk to you. So, you know, I got on the phone with Coach Gundy, and then, you know, I met Coach Dickey, the offensive line coach. 
And at that time, they still might be, they were a top 10 agricultural school in the country. And it's a land-grant university, which means they have a working farm. They have an equestrian team. You know, they have a bull riding team. They have everything. So fits right up my oh, alley man, where gonna, I'm from. You're going to crush these bulls yeah. if you're going bull riding. No, I've never, I've never been on a bull. Yeah. don't necessarily know if I want to do that. <laughs> uh, but, no, so, you know, I... And, you know, my mom and dad were behind me 100%. So, you know, I finally just looked at them and I was like, hey, you know, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to go to Oklahoma State. And, you know, it worked out great for me. Coach Gundy, you know, I have the utmost respect for him. You know, he has helped me in a lot of ways. He probably doesn't know that he has. You know, in 2020, um, I committed like five days before school started. So it was I committed on a Thursday packed my bags Thursday night. My dad, my brother-in-law, and myself drove 14 hours to Stillwater, Oklahoma Friday, got there Friday night, got settled into my on-campus dorm because I didn't have enough time to pick a house somewhere. Right. And got Stillwater Friday night. Saturday morning, I signed my national letter of intent. And Saturday night, my dad and my brother-in-law headed out. I spent Sunday in my dorm room by myself, not knowing a single person on campus other than talking to the coaches once or twice, and Monday morning classes started. So COVID hit, uh, and I had to move out of my dorm. Well, I'm 14 hours away in Ohio at, you know, 8.30 at night on a farm, thinking, how am I going to do this? Because my dad just sold our pickup truck, so <laughs> how do I get all my stuff out? So then I had to find, you know, a house to, to live in and a lease to sign, and end up doing that well lo and behold it ended up being the weekend i was going out it was going to be youth turkey season <laughs> well i can't pass up turn the opportunity because i had never killed a turkey in oklahoma being in ohio we have easterns being out there you know they have rio grands which is the white tip on the feathers which is one of the most beautiful turkeys in my opinion that you can harvest and have mounted so me and my high school agricultural teacher of whom I just got done telling a story about right. in his farm Farmhead. and one of his other buddies were like, hey, you know, I got a truck. I got a fifth wheel camper. I got two sons that are both, you know, they're youth hunters. Let's make a trip out of it. So we load everything up and, you know, we go pull into Stillwater the next morning, move out of the dorms, and I get Coach Gundy a call. And this is like when COVID first started of yeah. like, don't, you know, don't leave your house. If you leave your house, like, you're, you're done, you're done right. for right. it. Right. And <laughs> Lysol, Lysol, Lysol. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I called Coach Gundy, and I'm like, hey, man, like, you probably never had someone ask you this before or tell you this, but... Like, you know, like a camping park or like an RV park we can just pull into for a couple of days? Immediately, he's like, where you at? I was like, well, I'm in my dorm. He's like, I'll be there in five minutes. So he shows up, and I'm wondering, like, oh, no, what's, what's going to happen here? Like, what, what's going to go down? And he's like, do you have a generator? And I'm like, well, yeah. You know, what kind of camper doesn't have a generator? He's like, I got the perfect spot for you. So he ended up taking us out to one of his farms, and he's like, you guys can just set up shop here and camp. You can hunt my property. You know, you can. I hear a couple That's of names from guys around. That's so fantastic. we ended up, you know. Me and then the two other boys, we all ended up killing turkeys that year. You know, we got to camp out on Coach Gundy's property. I mean, you just, in, in my, my eyes, my opinion, there's not a lot of college coaches that would do that. But Coach Gundy in Stillwater is the exact, you know, identical twin of where it is where I'm from. You know, you're in Stillwater, you're in the middle of campus. 
and there's four people riding horses down the sidewalk, or there's, you know, you see a truck with a stock trailer drive through that's got a load for cattle that's going to the sale barn, you know. Um, and, and, and you hadn't even played for him at this point, right? I, I, just I, I had went through, I think, four spring ball practices for him. So I didn't technically really know him all that well, and he didn't really technically know me or know what, you know, what I was going to do for him or produce for him as far as if I was going to be a starter or a player or if I was just going to be a backup role guy. So in my opinion, you know, he really stepped out on a limb and, you know, took a chance of, hey, you know, I'll, I'll help you out here. And to me, you know, that, that meant the world to me. Nice. And, you know, I have a lot of respect for him. You, uh, you talked about the fact that your parents helped you make uh, the decision to go to Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. didn't matter how far away it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I read that since you were nine years old, yep. your parents never missed a game. Correct. They only missed one. Uh, so now I think it's two total it's two? they've missed. So, yeah. so what were the circumstances around them in the games that they missed, and what is it like to have that kind of support? So the two games they've missed, uh, one was in West Virginia, and my mom's brother had gotten in a very, very bad accident with poisonous gas, and he had been uh, life-flighted to a hospital, and he had basically went into organ failure. Um, so, of course, my mom missed that game. I knew something was up because, you know, they, Morgantown, they have the man trip, which is what the coal miners take into the, you know, coal mine right. every night. So we, we do that to kind of honor that. And I saw my dad, but my mom wasn't there, and I knew my mom was supposed to be at the game. So I looked at my dad, and I'm like, hey, where's mom? Well, she's in the bathroom. Don't worry. So the game's over, and I get outside, and I see my dad, and my mom is still not there. So at that point, I'm like, okay, something's seriously wrong here. What is it? So I look at my dad, and I'm like, Okay, like, we, we can put the games here. Like, where's Mom? And he's like, uh, we need to go talk to Coach Holverson, like, two minutes ago. So we went in, he told me everything. And then the other game was the Texas Tech game last year. Uh, some point in time in the West Virginia game, I had partially tore my plantar fasciitis in my right foot. Ooh. So I missed the next week's game at home versus TCU. And... When we went to Lubbock, as long as we won, we were in the Big 12, no matter what happened the next week against Bedman. So the starter for that week, who was my backup, went in the game. And I'd been told all week, hey, you know, you're not playing. Like, we're going to play all other eight guys on the O-line before we put you in. Just be ready in case. And he goes down in about five minutes after he goes down. My O-line coach looked at me, and I was like, let me get my helmet on. I'll be good. Um, and then that was the only other game. But I told them, you know, don't come. I'm not going to play. I'm not going to dress. So that was hard. Um, you know, I'm very thankful that we won the game. But in the moment, it sucked because, you know, all I've had of where I'm from is my family. Everyone's very family-oriented. Of kind of like the old days. You see everybody sits around one table. You know, everybody goes to... You're together. Yeah, the parents' house. They have they all have dinner at the same time. You know that that kind of thing. You do stuff as a family. Um, but you know it goes back to like I said in that article of win, lose, or draw. No matter how good I play or how bad I play, I know that my mom, my dad, my sister, my brother-in-law, my niece, and my nephew are sitting in a stand smiling at me. So at the end of the day, that gives me reassurance that, you know, whatever happens, it's going to be okay because I've got five people in the stands sitting there watching me going, I'm proud of him for doing what he's doing. Right on. So let me just, we'll talk about the Eagles here. We're nearly at the end of the hour. 
Uh, the Eagles signed Josh. He comes into camp. Not a lot of people outside the team really know about him. I heard about Josh right away. He was really athletic. He handled a bunch of different positions. He handled a bunch of different players. Nobody made a big deal about him because you really don't know until you get into kind of preseason and see what he did. And then he kept making plays. And on the preseason, like you would see him, he was, he was handling everything. And it became very clear at that point that, that he was going to be on the team, whether it was a practice squad or on the 53. He was one of, as it turned out, one of three non-drafted players to make it to the 53. Reed Blankenship, who we had on the show earlier, Josh Job, a cornerback from Alabama. So I believe in what the Eagles believe, that there's a very, very bright future for Josh Sills with the Philadelphia Eagles. And I wonder, from your perspective, you played one game. It's you know People don't see you that much. Where do you think you are in your development, Josh? Where do you think you are potentially growing to? Um, and what is it like working with Jeff Stoutland? You know, I take every day at a time. Um, and that's one big thing that you know I've always been told and I've always been taught. If you take one day at a time, you can control what you control what you can control, and everything else happens for a reason. Um, so I try not to look ahead to the future because you know Coach Gundy always has this saying of "Be where your feet are." You know, and I've heard the coaches around the Eagles facility say that as well: of be present where you are, be in the time, be in the moment, be where your feet are. And I'm a really big believer on that because I feel as as soon as you start looking ahead or you look behind, you lose sight of what you're doing in that moment of what is actually important, what is happening, what's going on around you. Um, as far as development, I still have an unbelievable you know road ahead of me of getting better and learning the ins and the outs of what to pick up, what to look for, what to do, and like all the finer details of which I'm, you know, I know that you know all of that stuff. As far as, you know, learning from the older guys, taking advantage of that, and really just being a sponge of soaking up as much as possible without overloading yourself. Um, but I think I'm most excited for the opportunity that I've been given, right? Everything's an opportunity. It's about what you do with it. So in my mind, I look at each and every day as a new opportunity of, am I going to earn my place here on the team and do something to make myself better along with the team better? Because you never stay the same. You either get better or you get worse. So it's like, what am I doing when you know, obviously I'm not the starter, I'm not out there playing. So I look at it as, in my role, what can I do to better myself along with the older guys of whether that's holding a bag in individual drills or giving a look on the scout team of being the best me every day so I can help those guys. Josh, do you think, not ultimately, but now, do you see yourself now as a guard, a tackle, right side, left side? Uh, you, honestly, you know, I can't, I can't give you an exact answer for that. And, you know, that's one thing that Coach Hunter, Stout kicker. has <laughs> always relayed to me and made it very evident, and along with the older guys in the room, the more positions you know, the more positions you can play, the better off you'll be, which I'm sure, again, you know all about that, of being able to play special teams or being able to play, you know, guard or tackle or center or guard. So really, I don't close my mind off to that, of I'm very open and very aware and knowing of, you know, an undrafted guy is hard. But the thing that kind of keeps the fuel 
lit in my mind of I can play all five positions. So the more that I know and the more that I can get to know about all five of those, the better off I'll be. Josh, we had a great time with you tonight. Awesome. Thank you for being so open and sharing your story with us. We appreciate it. Fantastic. We're all fans of yours. We look forward to yes, seeing sir. you uh, sticking around here with the birds and continuing your career. Um, Come back and see us next year or yeah. the playoffs. Yes. Yeah, playoffs. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, I appreciate uh, you guys having me. Yeah. Thank you. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks, John. And that's awesome. Thank you so awesome, much, man. Awesome. I greatly, greatly appreciate it. Thank great stories. Great stories. This is the Green Legion Radio Player Show at Live Casino Philadelphia. Let's talk about a little bit of the casino programs. New members play. $500 on us. Sign up for a live rewards card at Live Rewards Desk. As a new member, we will rebate your losses on your first trip up to $500. Must be 21 or older. Visit LiveCasinoPhilly.com for details. Park for free on game days. Gold card members and above receive free parking on Eagles game days. Classic card members can get reimbursed. And free slot pay for the parking fee. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. We had a great time here with Josh Sills of the Philadelphia Eagles. This is the Green Legion Radio Player Show on Fox Sports The Gamble. We'll be right back after this. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. back on the Green Legion Radio Players Show live from Live Casino. We just had uh, one of the most interesting players guests we've ever had in the history of the show. Uh, offensive lineman Josh Sills out of West Virginia and Oklahoma State. Uh, that was... Uh, I, I, it was not football. Very thoughtful. Was, very thoughtful guy. Yeah, gave good answers. Uh, and and you, again, you can see why the Eagles... When you have somebody with such intelligence... It really does go a long way. Plus, he's 6'6", 325. Yeah, right. he's, he's, a man. A he's a man, and he's not 40. And he's, so really, and he's really athletic. I'm a man. I'm 40. <laughs> and he's really athletic. He doesn't like have that linear look yet, but he's really athletic. I mean, I really think he's going to be a starter for the Eagles down the line here. I mean, they are they. what was so interesting about Josh in the preseason and training camp was like, the word was, hey, let's not really promote this guy. Let's make sure. We, we're not sure if he's going to land on the practice squad or the active roster but then when he started playing in the preseason games every team looked at him every team saw him and there was no way that he would have had it had they cut him he would have not come back to the practice squad he would have been a 53-man roster somewhere else i wanted to ask you this dave because uh i mean it's just it's so impressive to be undrafted and then make the active roster not just a practice squad i mean how often does this happen and obviously they did it just to protect well, we had three, three this year, Blankenship, Job, and and Sills. And all, you know, I mean, Sills is the one who's played the least, but Job plays on special teams every week as a gunner, and Blankenship is starting now at safety. He's playing really well. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't happen that often. Um, it just goes to show, Irv, that everybody who gets that far, who gets to a training camp, is a great football player. And the difference between, like, maybe not first round, because there's certainly a, a different level of talent in rounds one and two, but after that, third round and players who aren't drafted, very small amount of difference between the talent level. And then sometimes, we, as we see, it's not just talent, of course, that makes it in the NFL. How hard you work, how coachable you are, your upside, how smart you are, are you on time, how mature you are, how you handle all of this 
very long, draining, emotional, intense season. And a lot of times it just boils down to numbers. It's not whether you have the talent, it's being in the right place at the right time. And uh, we've had quite a few of those kind of guys land on the Eagles this year. I mean, you know, the success rate of offensive linemen at the back end of the draft, or undrafted, wow, that would be great. If, he, if, if Josh is the starter in a couple of years, that would be uh, a huge win for the Birds. Well, that, that makes him more valuable. What he, he talked about learning all the positions, both guard positions, both tackle positions, and the center position. That makes you more valuable. They can take you and put you in, in any place on the offensive line if someone goes down. They know that you have the skills, you have the talent, you have the ability to go in and fill in where there's a lack at any time. And that just makes it more valuable. And for somebody to come in and learn from Jeff Stoutland, oh, yeah. that, I mean, that is going to serve him very well. He'll have a long and great career in the NFL. Stoutland. And not to mention the peers that he's working with. Yeah, him. exactly. Along with yeah. Kelsey and Johnson. and <laughs> That's quite a, uh, a teaching group. Though. Yeah, exactly. For the second hour of today's show, I think what... what Let's what, just talk about the offensive line. What, what, yeah. well, no, what we're going to do, we're, we're going to talk birds, and then we're going to That talk. was not holding by Landon Dickerson. Okay, I have a funny story about that. And then later in the show, what uh, we'll, we'll talk about uh, around the league and some not of the funny. events that happened uh, uh, earlier this week. So... Uh, uh, Dave, you have a lot of explaining to do. Uh, that's what you do here on the Green Legion Player Show. Hey, Lucy, Lucy, you got a lot well, of explaining to do. But first off, I know you know. I know there's no official injury report that comes out until tomorrow, Wednesday. Um, just a couple of the players here. Uh, Jalen Hurts, any progress? Any? No, I mean, I think there's hope that he plays this week, but nothing officially official. Josh Sweat? No, he's not going to play. I, I, not a, not expecting this week. Now he tweeted out earlier that he will come back this week. It was a neck injury? Is there no? Any? Not the, not this week. This year. We'll this see. year. This year. I mean, excuse we'll, me. This season. Uh, that's a scary injury. And again, a lot of it depends on a win on Sunday or a tie, and the Eagles get that bye week. That would really help Josh get back on the field. Extremely scary moment. I know it doesn't compare with what happened last night, but for a few moments there, as Josh was lying. Unable to move, it was very, very scary for those who didn't know what was happening. So, fortunately, he's got movement in all extremities. He was, he was, um, you know, aware of everything that was going on. He never lost consciousness. And as you guys said, he's, he, he expects to play again this season. That would be a huge boost because I think Josh Sweat was playing better than every other defensive lineman. I think he's playing great football. He's been great. And the position of strength now is a, somewhat of a, not, not only say weakness, but certainly uh, we're, we're losing a lot of guys there yeah. uh, on the line. What about uh, C.J. D.J.? So I believe C.J. D.J. will be, um, his. Pra- I believe that his practice window will open this week and he will continue ramping up. I don't think he'll play this week. I don't think he's ready. But he will be ready, I believe, the hope is, when the playoffs begin. Uh, Evante Maddox out indefinitely. Out, still out indefinitely. And I mean, no timeline. I'm I'm saying he's out for the year. That's my interpretation. Well, they didn't I'm put him on. There. They didn't put him on IR, so that's a, a hopeful sign. And it would be great to get Avante back. We see how valuable he is. Uh, we're going to talk and about Lane Johnson. The same thing. Lane Johnson yeah. not having surgery. That's a positive sign. But again, I don't think there's any, by far, any guarantees at all that Lane Johnson plays in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I mean, we dealt with this. Well, it's not that no injury is the same, but you know, we, we the, the core the core muscle injury only gets fixed with surgery. You could do the P, the PT, have some injections. He's a tough guy. Um, you know, 
who knows what percentage it, you can't put a percentage on until he gets on the field. Is he 90%, 80%, 70%? But uh, Lane Johnson might be the best best tackle in the, yeah. in the league. And how, and how long can he last when he comes back? So, well, a lot of unknowns. Well, there, there's something that we used to talk about, hurt and injured. Are you hurt or are you injured? If you're hurt, then you can actually go out and play at 75, 80, 85%. And still do your job. If you're injured, then you can't do your job at all, and you have to, you know, you have to sit out. So, are they hurt or are they injured? And a lot of times, you know, we talked about it, particularly with Jalen. Uh, we as players, we uh, we tell you we're just hurt because we we're tough. We want to go out. We want to play. We don't want to disappoint our our fans. We don't want to disappoint our teammates. Uh, and we feel as though we can go out and get it done, but sometimes we have to be protected from ourselves. And you also have to look at the long, the big picture. I mean, you don't want to damage your future by making a decision. And so certainly everybody applauds what Lane is doing. He's doing it for the team. And will it's a race against time with both he and with Maddox. And to a degree, it's with Sweat as well, whether they come back. Uh on the injury front here, we're going to talk about the Saints game. Uh, Miles Sanders, uh, I know he, was, he had a neat tweak last week. It was surprising to see him <laughs> in his very, very limited amount of snaps on Sunday. But he had one of those big, uh, you know, offensive lineman style knee braces on there. Is uh, I mean, is is he all right? Yeah, I think he's fine. He had a good game he, when he when he touched the ball. He was productive. I don't. He, he didn't express anything after the game that he was. Injured, or anything. I think he only played 22 snaps. So, um, that, I mean, that was... I know a lot of people were curious why he didn't get more touches, why they didn't run the ball more. And I mean, that, that's a very fair criticism. Bad game plan. Do tell. <laughs> I sure as heck am not going to tell. Well, the good news, the good <laughs> well, news at all. We'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> the good news: the Eagles can clinch home field advantage, the NFC East title, and the bye with the win on Sunday versus the Giants. But the bad news is they have lost two straight. Who's to blame? A lot of the fans, a lot of fans always, I don't know, Johnny G having a rough year in the fans' eyes. So but after that first drive, they gave up They gave up six points the whole game. Yeah. You know, after that first drive that wasn't too impressive, uh, but still six points the rest of the game. And no points in the second half. And no points in the second half. Uh, you know, the, 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 the pick six, uh, that's not on the defense, that's on the offense. Uh, the pick six is, goes back to what I was talking about last week with Gardner Minshew and these soft passes with not a lot of velocity on them. You've got to throw that ball out there. There's, but if there's the coaching sp- staff sees that, why do they call that, that play? And that's what I don't understand. That's that's something that I just don't understand, Slash, why someone has not addressed that with Gardner. Listen, when you're throwing those slant routes, you've got to throw that ball with some zip. When you're throwing that little bubble screen, that ball has got to be thrown with some velocity. You can't soft that ball out there, and that's exactly what happened. That he kind of flipped it out there and hung in the air, and Lattimore grabbed it. That play six. had a, a maximum, you know, four or five yard gain, and had we saw what, it, you know, the other spectrum of, uh, side of the spectrum, right, right. what it turned out to be. Now I don't know if they have options on that route. Uh, if the route is called. When I played ball, we had options. So if the defensive back is playing within a certain yardage of myself and there's a, a bubble screen on, I have the option to run by him rather than to take, you know, the little quick screen. Yeah. And that's a read so, that you have to be on the same page as your quarterback with. Yeah, so I think Nick Sirianni took responsibility for that. They ran the play earlier. It was a recognizable formation. Right. 
Um, AJ was trying to get Gardner's attention. Didn't happen. Through the pass, Lattimore made a good play. But if you have that option, it doesn't matter what defense they're in. You have a solution to that. You have an answer to that defense. So if the defensive back is close enough, I can, you know, you can go wiggle, wiggle, get around him, and uh, they throw the short, deep ball. Short, deep ball. I ask these questions because I admittedly don't know what I'm talking about. I'm a fan watching. This game was particularly on TV. <laughs> and one of the things last year that was that gave us hope or that was impressive about the coaching staff was their ability to adjust and adapt to the talent that they had on the team as opposed to the scheme or the, the type of offense that they wanted. And I'm just I'm just really confused. They didn't get a first down until the last drive of the first half. You know, uh, I don't want to even say pass happy because they couldn't pass the ball. And it, like you said, Dave, Sanders was effective when he ran the ball. I just, I, I don't, I'd like an expert explanation of just why why no adjustment there it, this is not working everyone can see it Gardner's got what he got sacked four times in the first half or something like that on third of, down a lot of that was his fault too uh, of course you know not not being uh pocket savvy and and falling back rather than stepping up in the pocket to give his offensive line a little more time and to give him more time to read the defense you know they put a lot of pressure on him and played man-to-man which forced Gardner Minshew to have to read the defense. The Saints did a good job of watching the film the week before against the Dallas Cowboys. They knew that Gardner's not going to run. If we can get this guy, get some pressure on him, make him have to read the defense, play man-to-man, and make him have to take a little more time to deliver the ball, we, we can make him make mistakes. I guess the, the, the game was still close, so you don't have to completely abandon your game plan, but your game plan really wasn't effective at all. And you know, just as a fan watching the game, you're like, why we, why we keep pounding our head into the wall? Well, well I'd rather I, run the ball. I think the wall, I think Gardner is limited, more limited than we, we, than thought. we thought. I mean, yes, he did throw for 355 yards versus Dallas, but that was his first showing this year. Uh, the Saints saw that film. And, and that they, was a lot different defense he went against. It was a lot different defense this time. Like I said, they put pressure on him and played man-to-man. Dallas plays played a lot more zone, and they had uh, Diggs following uh, A.J. Brown all over the field while there was a shell behind him. So it was a different defense, something. Look, the offensive game plan just wasn't good. Steichen and Sirianni didn't do a good job of putting together an offensive scheme for Minshew to help him be effective. RPOs, he's not going to run. He, he is, he's more, he's Throw slower, he's slower than out. I thought that he was. I thought at least he can get around the corner, but he's, he's, <laughs> he can't run the ball. He's ineffective. So the option in the run pass options of running the ball didn't exist. So he's going to either hand the ball off and then, or hand, or fake the handoff and throw the ball. That was it. But they didn't put a good game plan together to create Josh, situations for him to be effective in his limitations. And that's why Jalen's got to play this week because Minshew is not going to go out and play well this week after having had his confidence snatched out of his soul last week in the biggest game of the year for them this year. Yeah, but if if Jalen is not cleared medically, he will not play on Sunday. Well, yeah, he's the Eagles are the Eagles are in the playoffs. And are the Giants starting anybody this week? Yeah, they'll have to. He back, um, he, back, he back he was a you know all rah rah coach guy on yeah, I mean, they'll, Sunday. They'll, Monday they backed off a little. They'll bit. keep okay. some of their guys out. They'll they'll start some of them. They'll, who knows? I mean, gosh, line thirteen and a half. Yeah, is it really? Yeah, yeah. thirteen. It opened at fourteen. But the Giants blitz a lot too. 
So, so, like so it doesn't matter if they're starters or, or in or not. There's going to be the some pressure. Look, I mean, the, the, pressure. the bottom line, you know, I know Diaz, you want an explanation. You need an explanation. I don't have that explanation other than to say the Eagles had a, as everybody said, terrible game. The coaches share the responsibility. The players share responsibility. It was a terrible game. The defense started out giving up a nine-minute drive, and that's unacceptable. And while they played very well after that, they, that, that kind of set the tone. Eagles went four straight three and outs, didn't get their first first down until I think 12 seconds left in the first yes. half. I mean, it was, a, it was a And still, we're in the game, and they call fourth and one play at the 50-yard line, and, and they call a quarterback sneak, and Gardner got swallowed up in that. Had they punted, you know, the defense was playing great. You can, you can second-guess a million things. Fact is, Eagles had a terrible game. Thankfully, it happened in the regular season, not in the playoffs. We look forward, not back, and hope that Jalen comes back and hope that the Eagles get their healthy players back and win on Sunday, get a bye week, and then we get ready to go for the playoffs. Move on to, uh, to, to a brighter future and move on to a better time. Our cheerleaders, Philadelphia's <laughs> premier gentlemen's nice. club and sports bar. Not, the, not only the hottest gentlemen's club in Philly, also been voted a national best. Top 100 Gentlemen's Club, America's number one feature club, best men's club in the Northeast, all awards just located just minutes from the Philadelphia Sports Stadium's Cheerleaders Gentlemen's Club, brings you the area's most beautiful women dancing on five stages, sets the hottest music our DJs can throw at you. As soon as you arrive, you'll feel the energy of the cheerleaders' experience. Find your spot for a first full safe service bar surrounding four of our feature stages or pick a table near the main stage. If you're joining us as a group, or a special occasion, call ahead, cheerleaders, 215-467-1980, and reserve a private booth and party package. This is Green Legion Radio Player Show, live from Live Casino Philadelphia. We'll be right back on Fox Sports The Gambler right after this. back on the Green Legion Radio Player Show from Live Casino. This is our last show of the regular season here. Uh, stay tuned to see if we continue on throughout the playoffs. But what, what I'd like to do now... If not, we'll go our separate ways. No, no. Well, I'd like to... Well, the, the you last, like what I did there? Yeah, no? Yeah. No one? Uh, yeah. The last segment, we're going to talk a little I'll about what we learned out. on this year's uh, player show. But, uh, you know, if we get to this, it's a, it's a serious topic. Uh, really, everyone in the country is talking about um, the situation with uh, Damar Hamlin last night on Monday Night Football. Um, uh, collapsed on the field after a tackle. A routine play in the NFL uh, was taken to you know, was was uh, attended to on the field. Rushed to Cincinnati. Uh, as of t- as of today, if you're listening to the replay, um, he, he's. He's still in critical condition. Uh, his, his oxygen is, is improving from 100% intubated. Now he's getting 50% oxygen. So that's you know slightly good news. Everyone, there's a lot of online online uh, Twitter doctors and even uh, online conspiracy theorists. They're making this a lot worse than it needs to be. The whole country's pulling for him. Uh, the, the, the one, there is no silver lining, but the, a nice bright spot about the goodness of people was uh, if you saw his, his charity... Uh, 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 I'm going to mess this up here, but it's basically a Toys for Tots type situation. Uh, a goal of 2500 I think it's up to like $4 million. $5 million. Over $5 million. $5 million. $5 million now? Wow. $5 million. Wow. Um, which, which just shows that 
everyone in the country, we can't do anything but but pray and, and keep them in our in our hearts and our minds. But this is the way that we show that we're behind you. Um, so uh, his family thanked thanked everybody. Um, but we we wish him a full recovery. And I, and I know uh, as a player, Irv, um, you know I, I don't know if you've experienced nothing exactly like this. I don't know. I don't want to speak for you, but. Um, you know, it's brotherhood, and it's affected all all the players throughout the league. I know David was on you know on, on our Twitter that um, you know it's what the players were talking about today at the Novacare Center. Yeah, um, uh, the league the league suspended all press conferences, all content. Everyone is really focused on um, his recovery and kind of waiting to see what's next. And so, yeah, it's really a scary moment and. I mean, look, I think one thing, Irv, Irv can speak to this, the violence of the game, the physical nature of the game. It's something you sign up for. You know it going in. I don't think, Irv, that people really can appreciate just how physical it is out there. Yeah, I think, uh, well, I don't think. I know that this, what happened yesterday with Damar, it just, it's the reality of how physical, how dangerous this game is, football, and what can really actually happen. There's no ceiling for us as players, meaning the work, this is like the worst thing that can happen. Having a player go into cardiac arrest and teammates and other team, the other team watching as they're, you know, they're performing CPR on him on the field. And uh, the reality of that is that can actually happen. We don't think or think about that happening when we're on the field. Uh, but when it happens, it, it snaps us all back to reality. That anytime we step on the field, anytime someone gets hit, and it didn't look like a real violent hit, that something of this magnitude can actually take place. Uh, the thing that I'm that that I'm kind of sideways about is why does it always have to take something crazy like that to happen for us to come together as people? For us to start caring for one another, for us to start praying together, for us to start looking out for one another and, and, and being concerned for one another. Why does it always have to take something like this to happen? Why can't we do that every day? Why can't I pray for you every day? Why can't you love on me every day? Why can't we be concerned about one another every day? So uh, we pray for Damar. We pray for his family. Um, I'm expecting, because I know he serves the same God I do, I'm expecting him to be fully recovered. Um, but the reality of it is the courage that the players have going forward, whether it's his teammates, whether it's the players on the Eagles team, next week they'll be out there playing again with the same, same, you know, intentions, with the same possibilities that could happen at any given moment. Do, do you see it ever changing the game? They've already tried to do things to change the game. You know, just, I mean, we're not made. Look at, look at, at Josh. He's 300 pounds, 6'6", 325, whatever he weighs. We're, God didn't make us to run into each other like that at full speed. Helmets, helmets don't keep you from getting a concussion. Helmets just keep you from cracking your skull open when you hit one another. That's it. So we weren't physically made to run into each other like that. It's a violent game. Um, it takes a toll on our bodies. Uh, not just during the time that we're playing as young men, 
But later on in our lives, you see the CTE with, with players committing suicide. You see guys later on, they're have to, when they walk, they're walking with walkers. They have arthritis. They can't move. It's, it's, it's a violent game. And it wasn't, we weren't designed to do this. I, I, we don't know what the condition was that led to this. We were talking before the, 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 the this, condi- this electrical right. nervous system issue that could be, uh, could be it. But, right. you know, the one thing with it is it is a violent sport. We, we recognize it and not diminishing at all. But this play was rather routine. And we have seen players, you know, uh, uh, Hank Gathers, all those stories right. came back out today with, with Hank Gathers and Reggie Lewis in the NBA, uh, 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 soccer players in uh, European leagues. Mm-hmm. This has unfortunately happened. I seem to remember something like this happening in the NHL. I think it has to... Uh, I think there's also the thought that the the impact jarred his heart rate. Yeah, heartbeat. That's right. So, the nerve I understand selection. what you're saying that it could have been something that was cognitive. There there, there was pre the congenital yeah. whatever, not cognitive, congenital. I don't know, but we don't know. We, we don't want, know. We yeah. want him to we want him to live. We want him to come back to full strength. We want him to And but but it's also it's a very much a wake up call. I I I happen to believe that look, the the NFL's long promoted violent hits and big hits and great defensive moments jacked and, up. It's what it's what fans want to see. Right, they don't want right. to see the soft helmet and the the rugby game. Flag football. The, the fact is that the, the league's dimensions, the, the field's dimensions, have never changed. What is it, fifty three and a third yards wide? And, mm-hmm. Yeah. And these players' dimensions have changed a ton, and the speed of the game is insane. And the weapon, the, the helmet, is a weapon. Yep. And you're always it, 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 you and and you, you have to stand back and go. The players, yes, they sign up for this. Yes, they know it. But boy, are they courageous, tough um, young men, and and that should be that should be applauded, and it is. But but I just it, when you see something that tragic, it just puts everything in perspective. Like winning and losing, like you guys are gonna. I know everybody wants the Eagles to win this weekend. That's but like when you see that, it just. I, I, if I was a player, I don't. I, I just I. I mean, I'm I'm uncomfortable thinking about it, talking about it. Uh, but I, but I'm not there. I mean, I'm a fan. I'm, I'm showing up, having you know a couple beers before the game. Buy me, buy myself a pretzel. Couple. You know, bring in a hug. I was just gonna say that a couple. Well, a couple so, beers and a half bottle of bourbon. Yeah. So when when a player you know holds out because he's trying to get a bigger contract, when a player, Great point. It, you, you you can't start criticizing him. You can't because every any at any given time this can happen to anybody. That could have been me. God has blessed me. I played 17 years. I've been carted out in an ambulance before where I've been hit and my spinal cord went into spasms and I couldn't move for like three hours. I was paralyzed. I was breathing. They didn't have to perform CPR on me. The only thought I had in my mind was, was I going to be able to play again? It wasn't whether or not I was going to live. It was whether or not I was going to play again. And I did. I recovered and I did play. But that can happen at any time. So when, it, when a player is trying to do better for himself and do better for his family, do better for his children and his grandchildren, we shouldn't criticize that guy because literally players are putting their lives on the line every week. I don't want to project your situation to this one right here, but how did you get over that? How did you get over that, uh, you know, the... That the fear of being the, injured? Well, not the fear of injury. You said, will I ever play again? You get there and you're just like, I'm going right back out there. I'm, I'm going to do it. You know, 
How did, I mean, well, I'm thinking of my, what there, I would do, and I'd be like, man, I don't know. And I was I afraid people, to touch the field again. I had people, my wife at the time was telling me, don't go back out there. Don't you go back out in the field. I had a couple of friends of mine who played with me prior to that who had retired. Don't go back out in the field. I just, you know, there's a fine line between being tough and being stupid. Uh, was I being stupid? I don't know. Was I being tough? I felt as though I was being tough. I felt I was being courageous. I didn't feel as though my career was over and I had more left in the tank. So I went back out in the field and played a couple more years. But um, but it was a scary moment when I was laying on the field, not being able to move my extremities. It was it was very very you know a lot of things ran through my mind in a short period of time. Well, let's. Uh... Let's get back to football if we can here. I don't want to downplay that. We were talking like about that. football. No, I, I know. It's, just, it's, 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 it's serious, and we don't have all the answers, and we don't have all the information. Um, but, yeah, we hope, hope he makes a full recovery. Whether he plays again or not, uh, I hope he has a long life, healthy life with yep. him and his family. And uh, everyone, you know, the whole world's pulling for him right now. So um, I thought what I'd like to do here is it is week 18. There's a lot of playoff scenarios, and I, I'd like to just kind of focus all here on the NFC and some of these weird scenarios that can happen. We're assuming the Eagles win this week. <laughs> we assumed they were going to win last week. And, Which, and the week before. And I, and I think, you know what, I think that was a part of the issue. When I saw the team and watched the team in the game, particularly the first part of the game, they just didn't have any energy. They came out flat. And I, I think they believed they were going to win the game just like we thought they were going to win the game, just like they I believe the Saints believe the Eagles were going to win the game because they were playing not to lose the game. Not to win the game, but they were playing not to lose. Yeah, I disagree with that. I thought the Saints had a great game plan. I thought they came out and played keep away uh-huh. and kept everything really manageable. And on third and one, it was Taysom Hill. But they didn't have a choice but to do that. Yeah, I mean, Andy Dalton played a really strong game. Right, and, they, didn't, they didn't have a choice. Um, but I, I, I said this last week, but it's going to be okay for the Eagles. Like... Every team is going to go through a down cycle, and I will compare it to 2017. Eagles went through a down cycle to the point where they played they played Nick Foles in that meaningless Dallas Cowboys six to nothing loss. He played the first quarter. He was four of eleven, three thirty nine yards and an interception, and the starting offense played, and they were terrible. That Raiders game before that, too. It was bad. And, and there were actually reporters asking Doug Peterson, what would it take for the Eagles to turn to Nate Sudfeld in the playoffs? Wow. And we, we, under, we know how that worked out. Uh, so Eagles certainly did not play a good game. They played a bad game on Sunday. Uh, and now the, the, the punishment is you got to come out and play against the Giants and win the game or tie. To clinch your spot, to clinch your number one seed. And I really believe that Eagles get out of that game healthy, play a good game. We'll have a totally different viewpoint in a week. Well, in a week, we're, we're, hopefully we're just taking it easy. Everyone rests up, big playoff run. Sit back and relax on a wild card weekend. That's what I pray for. That would be nice. What, what, what happens here if Green Bay gets in? Green Bay's going to make the playoffs. I like that. Green play, Bay. Green play San Fran, right? They play. They would play San Francisco if, if San Francisco wins against Arizona. Yeah. So I'm. 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 I think Green Bay would is. I love the, the progress they've made. I would like to see Green Bay beat San Francisco. San Francisco is a really good team. What about Detroit? You don't want to see Detroit in there? Nah. 
right. I don't know if I'd want to play, if I'd want to face Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs. No, like, I wouldn't team, either. That team is, I'd rather is, face him than San Francisco. They're, 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 they're ascending right now. They, they're playing their best football of the season right now. And that's what you really want to do in the latter part of the season, entering into the playoffs. Well, so is San Francisco, though. Yeah, but uh, Aaron Rodgers. Come on, Aaron Rodgers. You have Aaron Rodgers and then the drop-off where San Francisco, you have a drop-off at quarterback, and the rest of the team is fantastic. So, it, you know, Brock, Brock Purdy's played really well. He really has. He has. But Purdy's uh, been playing pretty good, huh? Pretty good. I like that. <laughs> that was pretty good. Pretty good. Um, pretty good. But just overall, I mean, San Francisco as a team scares me. Where right. Green Bay, it's just Aaron Rodgers. So We know I mean, who Sam wants to face. In round yeah. two. Oh, Absolutely not. Oh, he's peaking. He's peaking at the right time. He's starting to play well, too. That Guys. Played the best game he played last week yeah. all year long. Guys, I'm not kidding. I heard he's the uh, front runner for MVP this year now. Stop it. <laughs> Dave, you weren't you weren't with us, and I know you have duties. Your, your main responsibility on game days is to be inside the stadium, bringing us inside the stadium. But at our Green Legion tailgate and the pregame show. Uh, I handed out a couple gifts to uh, some of our co-hosts here. Uh, Sam, I thought these were ga- somewhat gaggish, so I got a nice framed picture of Sam and, and Mr. Tom Brady. Oh, framed, yeah, Photoshop? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, no, it's real. She was there. She was holding him up after the uh, Super Bowl parade. <laughs> and uh, I thought she was just going to slam it on the ground or do something funny. No, no. It's, it's bedside. She took it home bedside. <laughs> the they truth make, comes out. They would make a great couple, I think, for sure. Yep. Um, he doesn't make enough money for me. Ooh. <laughs> whoa, wow. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> okay. Just saying. He's, he's, How much is enough money for you? Not enough. That's not. A, there's no <laughs> such thing as enough, I guess. Not to be with Tom Brady. But I would rather, look, I, I think that if Tampa Bay, I, I, here's the silver lining is that Dallas has to play its starters on Sunday. Tampa Bay is going to arrest their starters. Does Tampa Bay have a shot? Against the Dallas Cowboys. They're at home. I don't know. A lot of Dallas fans in Florida. So uh, it might be half Dallas fans there uh, in, in Tampa for week one. Good de- good Tampa defense. Cowboys, a lot of pressure. Maybe they get the Saturday game. I mean, all these things matter. Great. They add yeah. up. Yeah. They add up. So, I mean, I, look, but I, I really don't think, to Irv's point, I really don't think that, like, how well you play down the stretch necessarily means that you're going to, be the team to beat in the playoffs. The Giants get in. What, what, what was the Giants' record when they won the Super Bowl? Nine and seven. Nine and seven. I don't. I just. I feel like one game. The end of the season doesn't translate to the playoffs. I think every game starts zero zero, and luck of the draw. Some momentum changes. Eagles, for example, in 2017, they beat the Falcons because barely of, because a pass in the end zone to Julio Jones went awry. Ended back of the end zone, Jalen Mills, Eagles win. They're losing to Minnesota. Patrick Robinson makes an interception, turns the momentum around. The stadium goes crazy. They de- destroy the Vikings. And then a middling quarterback for his entire career, except for, like, the one season in 2013, big game against the Raiders. All of a sudden, Nick Foles, for two games, the NFC Championship game and the Super Bowl, is the greatest quarterback in the league. And he takes down the greatest of all time, Tom Brady. What has Nick Foles exactly done since then? Nada. Nothing. Been on four teams, three teams. And so it, it's, <laughs> it's true, Dave, but it's also... Lost, it, lost his starting job in Jacksonville to who? 
Garderman. But but Diaz, it's why when everybody's all it'd be nice if they play about, better going it's into, all, it, into the It's playoffs. all when everybody's blabbering about. Oh my God, your Eagles are eight. No, they're going to go undefeated. Oh, I'm going to make my reservations for Glendale. I can't. I, it, I, it makes me sick. Where's Quimby at right now? <laughs> it makes me sick because none of that none of that stuff matters. It, you know when you go to the Super Bowl when you win the NFC Championship game, not one second before. It's, we, you, you, we have to get that's, there. That's a reasonable, pragmatic view of it. It's a realistic view of it. But yes, you would like much. them play. And the year that the Giants won, they were nine and seven. They went nine and seven. I think they were five and seven and won their last four before. Well, I don't know. Doc Rivers guaranteed it. So I think yeah, that that we'll uh, get that. That's that might be the kiss of death. Dave, your reaction to Doc Rivers guaranteeing his Super Bowl? I, 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 that means nothing because the Eagles didn't say it. the guarantees from opposing coaches in other sports. Doesn't mean a thing. Just another reason why Doc Rivers needs to be fired here. <laughs> We're going to come back for our last segment at Live Casino Philadelphia. Let's talk about some of the uh, food and beverage here. Monday mug nights. Every Monday at Sport and Social, $7 beer mugs, $6 cocktails. Taco Tuesdays every Tuesday at Sport and Social, taco specials, and margarita flight specials. Sam. Get me one of those margarita flight specials. UFC, FanDuel Sportsbook, and Sport and Social brings the ultimate fight night viewing to you. Don't miss a moment of the action of upcoming UFC fights on our 24 TVs and 52-foot big screen. UFC 283 coming up Saturday, January 21st. Visit sportssocialphilly.com for all upcoming events. We'll be right back for our last segment of the regular season on the Green Legion Radio, Green Legion Radio Player Show here at Live Casino. We'll be right back. Sad news here on the Green Legion Radio Player Show. This is our last segment of the Re- Green Legion Radio Player Show of the 2022 regular season. We're back here at Live Casino, Philadelphia. So what I thought we'd like to, I'd like to do here is a little what you learned here, but let's do some predictions here, not just for this game. I'm assuming we're all saying the Eagles win this game. They're currently... We 13. said that last week. I know. I'm not saying anything. <laughs> I was, listen, I, I will blame myself because I was dismissive of the New Orleans Saints. I just didn't take anything about them seriously. Um, I did, you know. The Eagles didn't either. Uh, the, that was that was an embarrassing offensive performance. I don't know. You know, some people are like was this a, a nice dose of humble pie for the birds? Uh, it sounds like everyone's well, yeah. I think P- it, I, P.O'd I, I over think there. It, I think it was an eye opener for them, um, and it created a uh, a disturbance, an unsettledness uh, in on the team. And there's going to be a sense of urgency this week that we didn't see last week when they played the Giants. Where's your paddock meter right now? If ten, you're ultra, you're completely confident. Number one, you have a zero confidence. At all, there's no for me. I'm not playing, so I'm, I'm, there's no panic for me. Why? Because even if they lose this game against the Giants, I was just telling Spuds they're still in the playoffs. They don't have obviously maybe the one seed and the home field advantage uh, in the playoffs, but they're still in the playoffs. So I'm not panicking. I'm not in a panic. I would like to see them gain the home field advantage, number one seed in the NFC, win this game against the Giants, play well so they do enter into the playoffs feeling good about themselves with a little momentum. Yeah, I don't think there's panic, but I think there certainly is a sense of we, we need to tighten this thing up and play a lot of, lot better football. We have to learn from a really poor performance on Sunday. Look, the, the loss to Dallas was... a. a well-played game, turnovers, very easy to point to what went wrong. On Sunday, 
It's just nobody, I mean, everybody shared them. There was nothing that was particularly positive in that game other than a bunch of quarterback sacks, which is, which is oddly not forcing takeaways, you know? It just, it, I don't quite get that correlation. Usually when you pressure a quarterback a lot, you get takeaways on the back That's end. You get a fumble right. here, right. bad throw, yeah, it's just not, ball. Yeah, it's just not happening. So that, you got to get back to that. But I don't, I don't, there, there's certainly no panic. And again, I, I, as I walked into the locker room after the game and a player walked out, a player who was on the 2017 team, he said to me, hey, at least it happened now rather than, the, it, rather than in the playoffs. And that is the truth. As much as you're pissed off about it out there, the Eagles played a bad game on Sunday. I know it. This is a 13-3 and team. A win on Sunday accomplishes every goal that we would have possibly laid out. And if anybody came to you in August, Diaz, and said, hey, here's the deal. You want to sign up for this? Eagles, all they have to do in Week 18 is beat or tie the Giants, and they clinch the number one seed. You want to sign up for it? Quimby actually did that, and we all told him he was nuts. So Quimby's the guy who's predicted a 14-3 and record, right? Yes. Right. right. Yeah. And we all he's, said he was going to end up being right. How do you? Uh, quick I hate question, that. Quick question for you, Dave, <laughs> since this is our last segment. Yeah. Uh, a bad loss like that, the players are angry and embarrassed probably a little bit, too. You got. They know what your. You go into that locker room, and your job is to get them some reaction. I mean, how do you approach? So I that? asked. I asked. I was the one who asked Jason Kelsey. Hey, <laughs> Mister. Let me let me put the Eagles. The Eagles green. The glass is half green. Full. Uh, how, you know, you still have a chance to um, get win on Sunday and clinch the number one seed. And what was his response? Well, yeah. I don't give a bleep, 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 yeah, bleep, yeah. So does that count as a win for you? Because it's a great soundbite. I mean, you asked the question. I mean, I. I think that was a very um, honest. And very. Um, Did you duck when you asked the question? No, no, no. I think it was a very honest response from him, and I think that was a, very telling of how everybody felt about things. Hey, Jason, is the season over? <laughs> I mean, then you better that, duck. Then you better duck. Yeah, yeah. That, that's just an. But that. But there've been there've been um, hot take responses to these last two games, and again, just as outrageous as it is to think that back in October when the Eagles are playing great football and winning by 20 points a game, that this team is going to the Super Bowl dumb take, just as these are dumb takes. But there's a reason to be upset. There's a reason to be um, demanding of a, an, a next step in improvement. But nobody's panicking. So, a month ago at this time, we, it was the night before the Titans game. The Eagles just ran all over Green Bay. We're all fired up for, for Tennessee. Uh, you know, they were what? 10-1 and one at the time? Probably? Because so, so like, yeah, sure. yeah, it'd be Tennessee, Chicago, and, yeah. and the Giants. So, uh, where are we a month from now? February 3rd. We still have a season? I sure hope so. Yes. I'm, I'm planning on it. I'll be in Disney World. In, injuries are, are being uh, are a very important consideration that we need to look at because there's, there's some key players right now who are injured, who are not playing, that, that play into the reason why the Eagles aren't winning or did not win these last two games. The Eagles are playing with their backup quarterback right, right. now. Jalen Hurts is an MVP candidate. And if this, these last two games don't convince everyone... It shows it, yeah. yeah. I, I, 
I believe that was on the run sheet here too. I believe that too. Listen, Patrick Mahomes is probably the best player in the league. He he, he he's like Michael Jordan. He can win the MVP every single year. But did you see him throw the ball oh the other day? Goodness. And he hit somebody oh and bounced goodness. back to him, and he ran the ball into the end zone. Yeah, unbelievable. He's a, he's a magician. But that said, I, I think this shows here that Jalen Hurts and all that stupid crap from whoever is saying you know the system and all that that BS. Um, he's the MVP. He's the MVP. The Eagles uh, w- would have won. Both of these games? I don't know. One of these games? Uh, I think they, they, they would have won both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think he's he's definitely the MVP of the Eagles. Um, I mean, arguably, he's the MVP the of the league. The voters won't give it to him. Right. Though. No, they won't give it to him now because he's he hasn't played the last two games. And Mahomes is still playing, putting up numbers and, and doing magic tricks out in the field. So uh, he is definitely the MVP of the Eagles, though, by, by far. The really good news, or the only good news out of this loss to the Saints was even if we won the game, um, our draft position from the Saints wouldn't have gotten any better or worse. <laughs> still <laughs> so, at 10. Yeah, yeah. So they're still at 10, and if they yeah, had won the game, they would have been at 10. So, you know, that's, you know, TTP. All we care about is the processing and the draft position. 10's a good yeah. spot. Go Panthers. Go Panthers. There's going to be a lot of quarterback rollover this year. I counted them out here. There's about 15 teams, definitely nine teams, maybe even 15. I don't know about Seattle, San Francisco. We'll see what happens there. They, you know, is Purdy the guy now? No. He, he's not? You don't think so? No. He looks pretty good. They're going back with Lance next year. Are you kidding me? Lance, Lance just had a second surgery. I'm not sure he's going to be ready to go. If he's not ready, then But it was okay, successful. But it was successful. But he hasn't played person. at all. Yeah, he hasn't played at all. Arizona, who's... You know, Long term, it's going to be late. Purdy is capable. Guys, we're going to have to cut down on the side chatter. <laughs> oh, no side chatter. This is the last. These are the last few minutes of the Green Legion Radio Players Show of 2022 season. I had a great year with you guys. I can't wait to get back at it again. Hopefully in the playoffs. Uh, but we love not, it. If not, um, you know we'll be back next year. Uh, a slash. Let's go down on your slash. What'd you learn this year on the Green Legion Radio Player Show? Uh, how to artificially inseminate a cow? <laughs> yeah, you stole my answer. Is anyone? Is everyone going to use that answer? Yep. Yes. Might as well. Yep. That's I, my answer. Recency bias. Yeah. Are you going to go try it now, Spuds? No. <laughs> I mean, I learned. I'm a city guy. I'll give you another one. Always label your thermos. As well. <laughs> which? Hey, which is your strong arm? Which is your left yeah. arm? <laughs> Non-dominated arm. I learned to take a lot of photographs of Diaz when he's not looking to use later. You've, you've been doing oh. that since I've known you. <laughs> On all our trips in Denver, Carolina, you just take your your stalker. You foyer? She's uh, a stalker. <laughs> yeah. I, I do have some pretty compromising pictures of Diaz. Wow. Uh, I learned this year that Sam always needs to be next to the player during the show. That's and, not uh, true. Or unless she's getting hugs from someone else on the panel. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Dave, what did you learn this year on the Green Legion Radio? Yeah, look, I, I thought, first of all, I, I love Live Casino. I think it was, it's was it been a great place to have... Thank you, uh, Live yeah. Casino. Yeah, it's been a great place to have the show. Woo-hoo! We've had nice audiences here, a lot of autographs. I've really enjoyed working with Irv for a full season, got getting to know him again. And uh, I've, well, one thing I, I kind of knew, but I, I, I it's been reinforced, is that Diaz is a great host, and that Quimby is... No, is is. But wait, is he third on what? the totem pole? Yeah, what I mean, is Quimby? I'm, gonna, I'm going Diaz. I'm going Sack, and I'm going Quimby. Oh, that, whoa, that whoa, is that whoa, is the whoa, correct whoa. answer. All that right. is the correct answer. Or, or is that recency bias? <laughs> I know. Can it? Can no, it's not. Sack's no, it's not. definitely better than Diaz. Oh, get out of here! Yes, you don't know what you're talking. He's about. He's not a division Sam, Where's athlete? my margarita flight <laughs> from Sport and Social here at Live Casino? It's with the live reads. Violence isn't the answer. Diaz.
I learned that you didn't ask me it, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, I learned on the player show this year that we have the Eagles have a lot of quality, not just players, but human beings. Yes. We've yes. had all of our guests on the player show have been excellent. Yes. Excellent. They've just gotten better and better and better. They're, they're, they can articulate. They can, you know, they have great backgrounds. They, they're, they're, not not filled with themselves, people who carry humility and know how to, uh, you know, care about other people. You there's, there's some good quality people that have been here, and thank you, Spuds, for, for choosing these guys, because they've, been, yeah, they've been great to talk to and great to be around. And yeah, no, they, they've, they've all been good. I just need to say, uh, what I learned is they all curse a lot, and that needs to change next year. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jansen. That's Stop why it, we Jansen. have a dump button. No, we had a, we had a, uh, you know, we, we were pretty good in the second half of the season, right? Yeah. yeah it's been a good year. Uh, it, it speaks to the culture that the Eagles are built over right. there because That's these right. guys come from all different backgrounds, right. all different schools, all over the country, and and that was the same thread. And it's you know, it's not easy. It's 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 uncomfortable for some of them. They don't do a whole lot of radio. Uh, but Spuds, thank you for bringing the, the players on, and thanks for your time. Thanks too. for yeah, having thank me. Thanks for having me part it of the show. Was, I enjoyed it. Was it. Great hanging with all yeah. of you, and of course, we got to bring intern Lauren, Lauren back. Lauren, yeah. what's up? New position. What did you learn on the show this year from the player show? She can't. She said, "I can't hear you." Well, I'll tell you this: I'm grateful for her for not having to set up and break down every week since she won't help Diaz. No, no. I, I'm talent. I, I sit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's wrap this up. Thank yeah, you. Please. Thank you to Josh Sills for taking the time with us. Thank you, Mr. Dave Spadaro, taking us inside the NovaCare Complex. Always thanks to Eagles legendary wide receiver, the Dr. Reverend Irving Fryer. We'll be back on the airwaves soon enough, so stay tuned. Super Sam Brady, Kyle Slash Nonamaker, Intern Lauren, and everyone at The Gambler, this is Philly Mike. Shut up, Diaz. Have a great night.